This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America, a horrific attack on the New York City subway this week as crime is surging across the nation. And our southern border is about to get a whole lot worse. Plus, the number two person in New York politics, the lieutenant governor, has been arrested. So much for ethics in politics. And joining us now to discuss all of this is New York GOP gubernatorial candidate and also former Westchester County executive Rob Astorino. Rob, great to have you here on Protecting America. Oh, my God, Rita, does this country need to be protected or what? It is insane, insane. And we're being invaded from within. You know, it's our own folks we got to worry about because they are tearing down all of our foundations by design. But that's why you and me and others have to really stand up and fight back. Yeah, there are so many issues going on, to your point, Rob Astorino. And I first want to start with this, first of all, this horrible shooting of what happened with this guy. He opens fire, of course, as you know, on the Brooklyn subway, Frank James. And his background, if you look on his social media posting, just horrible hatred, vile comments. And what he did on that subway train opening fire 33 rounds. Just your reaction to what happened. As a New Yorker, I am really concerned about what has happened in this city over the past several years. Under de Blasio, it just crumbled and he just let crime run rampant. You've got this far left ideology in New York City with the elected officials, all Democrats, and in New York State, in Albany. And it's just a loosening of the laws, turning the other way, not charging crimes, you know, no cash bail, which has been an utter disaster and dangerous. You know, we've seen the danger of this. And then prosecutors who, because they're far left, you know, don't want to charge people with various crimes. And it all adds up to a city that is spiraling out of control. And it's not just in New York City. You know, you got crime really rampant everywhere in all of our cities in New York and major cities around the country. But it's also in the suburbs. You know, it gets less reported and maybe less violent crimes. But you have, you know, burglaries, auto thefts, all of those kind of things as well. And he obviously somebody should have noticed what he was doing. It's amazing any conservative says anything about a pandemic mandate and you're in Twitter jail or off Facebook, but he was spewing such violence on social media and his hatred. And if that, with all we've been through, you know, with some of the mass murderers we've seen over the years with the shootings, and we just go back into their history and they were broadcasting what they wanted to do. And here's a guy who was just so vile 
and nobody picked up on it, not one person, certainly in law enforcement or social media. And then he did what he did. And thank God, Rita, thank God, nobody was killed. But I'm really fearing about the repercussions for this, too, because New York City is trying to get back on its feet. You know, it was shut down during the pandemic and economically has taken a beating. 30 percent of small businesses are gone. And it's just people are fleeing from the city. And as they were thinking about coming back or it was just starting to come back, you know, and people had some hesitancy about taking mass transit, especially the subways. Now, all of a sudden, I don't know if people are going to just give up. Like, who needs this? Or maybe New York is just so resilient that, you know, given some more time, it'll get back on its feet. I don't know. But there needs to be totally a clean slate, which means a total the people who are in charge have to just be expelled because we're not going to get measurably better with the same corrupt cast of characters in there. Let's talk about the politics of it, because you hit on that, Rob Astorino, that the fact that we have had a series of politicians. And first off, let's get into like Mayor Bill de Blasio, of course, in New York City, defunded a good portion of police. A lot of the funds haven't come back. You know, we've had a governor who has said, I'm going to cut slack to Alvin Bragg on bail reform. Let's give him some slack is sort of the phrase. How much slack can New Yorkers handle? (laughs) I was trying to get Bill de Blasio out of my mind now that he's gone. And I'm sorry to put him back in it, Rob. (laughs) It's like the ghost of de Blasio. He just whops around, you know, and all his bad policies are still lingering. I hope Mayor Adams, who is, you know, talking the talk, walking the walk a little bit, you know, at the end of the day, he's a machine Democrat, but he also has come to the realization that unless you get crime under control and unless people feel safe, nothing else matters. Nobody's going to invest in the city. People aren't going to be happy there or spend their money, come in from the suburbs. None of that's going to matter. People think they're going to get mugged or shot at or harassed. And it's the big things and the little things. It's the quality of life issues. It's not walking everywhere and smelling pot and pee and, you know, squeegee men coming back or people harassing you for photos or whatever, you know, let alone being mugged. So I hope he's serious And he certainly has made some steps in the right direction about redeploying the NYPD by criticizing Black Lives Matter, saying, you know, when black people get killed in our city, which is all the time, where's Black Lives Matter? And he's right on that. So he could be a leading voice, and I certainly wish him well, and I'll support him when he's right. So I just think, unfortunately, the New York City Council is so far radically left, and the same thing with the governor, Hochul, who's the accidental governor, she's completely unprepared for this job, and she's screwed up since day one. And the legislature in Albany, you know, so hopefully, and that's why I'm running for governor, there will be some balance by the electorate, you know, who are just fed up with everything happening right now. You touched on Ryan Benjamin, or I did at the beginning, Lieutenant Governor. We'll get into that in a moment because, boy, there's a lot of stuff on that, speaking of corruption and politics. But let's, on the issue of crime repeat offenders, because there is this still revolving door. And it seems that this administration continues to have this message of, okay, we'll go after ghost guns. We'll go after other sort of forms of gun control. But they don't go after the issue of getting tough on criminals. It's like gun control. Where's the thug control? Yeah. It's like you've got cancer 
so let's clip your toenails, you know, and they have no idea how to deal with the cancer or don't want to. And it's getting back to law and order, respecting our police officers, holding them accountable. Nobody said anything otherwise. Hold them accountable, but give them the tools that they need. Don't take away those tools. Don't turn a blind eye to the crime happening around you. Don't take away their qualified immunity, which would make them civilly liable or criminally liable for anything and everything. Every little thug in the world is going to start suing people personally, our police officers, if they're not allowed to do their job. And you're right, prosecutors who are just saying, that's, you know, sorry, that's not my belief system, so I'm not going to enforce the law, or dropping gun charges when it's part of the act, you know, that's another thing. Instead, they go after the law-abiding gun owners, the people who have every right under the Constitution, Second Amendment, to carry a gun for this specific reason, because you can't rely on your government all the time to keep you safe. And when the government says, well, you know what, we're going to defund the police, we're not going to protect you, basically. So why wouldn't I have a gun to protect my family and my property? It's amazing. The number of pistol permit licenses, gun ownership is spiking again through the roof. And you know what? It's African-Americans. It's women. It's Hispanics. Everyone affected the most by this defund the police movement and coddling criminals. And that's exactly why the Second Amendment is there. But it can be put back together. It just takes the resolve of our leaders or a leader. And in this case, the mayor has shown some. But as governor, we have that. We do not have that with Hochul. But you will have that if I'm governor. I'll work with the mayor and we'll clean up our cities and make it, you know, a lively place, but make it a safe place again where people will come and want to go to entertainment, want to eat, want to work. That's exactly what New York City was and can be again. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Absolutely. And everybody is praying for that. Everybody, we're talking, of course, to the current GOP gubernatorial candidate for New York, Rob Astorino, also a former Westchester County executive. You know, Rob, you made so many headlines across the country when you got the footage and when you first talked about it, and then you had the proof to back it up big time with the video of the secret migrant flights. Talk about what you saw recently and also what's been a continuous pattern coming into Westchester County Airport that you got firsthand. Well, it started last summer. It started in August of 2021. August 13th is when I held a press conference and exposed this. And of course, you know, the Biden administration and all the leftists and the governor, they all basically denied it and, you know, called me names and racist and blah, blah, blah. And how dare I bring this up? And it's only little kids with backpacks and all this nonsense. Now, some of that is true. There are some kids who are, quote, being reunified with their parents who are also here illegally, which should tell you all about our system. But there's also late teenagers. There are adult men that are coming in here, and they're literally just crossing the border. It is explosive down in Arizona and Texas. 
and they are putting them on planes. First, they give them a phone, of course. They're putting them on planes and sending them to regional airports and putting them in the interior of the U.S. So they're creating a border crisis in every community. And we exposed that, got no answers. I have a letter that I wrote February 1st of 2022, sent it to Biden with a whole series of questions, not a peep, not a response. And the flights had stopped for a little bit, but now they're back. And we got a tip and we went to the airport and lo and behold, there they are again. And these coach buses that pick them up, they go to different places. They'll go to the New Jersey Turnpike. They'll go to you know, New York State Thruway rest stop. They'll go to a community or a school. And they'll literally just, they'll let people out and they get into cars for people who are waiting for them. And that's it. And we don't know a thing about these people. Our federal government, our state government is telling us nothing about this. Meanwhile, we have an explosive drug crisis with fentanyl and other stuff coming in from Mexico. We have gang wars in our cities. They're doing nothing about this. We have schools which are bulging at the seams because we have all these new students, none of whom speak English, that are now in classrooms requiring services. And who gets screwed the entire time? We, the taxpayers. And who gets no answers from our own government? We, the taxpayers. So it is a real issue. And Title 42, which is going to expire, really is the last tool that uh, Customs and Border Patrol has to expel people when they come across the border. And that's being taken away. So there's going to be, by the Biden administration's own admission, a massive surge again at the border. They're not equipped to handle it. So what do you think they're going to do? They're going to stuff more people in buses and planes and send them to more communities and continuously give us no answers. How bad do you think it's going to get once Title 42 is lifted? So much worse. And then you've got states like New York and California and others that are laying down the welcome mat that are saying, and these are not refugees, right? These are not Ukrainians who are in the middle of a war. These are not, you know, people that are escaping persecution. That is the definition of asylum. And under the definition of asylum, if you're in one country, once you go to the next safe country, that's where your asylum begins. That's where you fill out the paperwork and try to get protection. None of this is asylum. This is simply illegal immigration. This is simply migrating from where you are to come to the U.S. for economic reasons. And by the way, there's probably, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions or billions of people who would give that very same opportunity and take it if they could to be in America. And it is a blessed country, as you know, but we're also supposed to be a country of laws and those are being ignored. So these are not you know, resettlement of refugees. This is not asylum. Pure and simple, this is people coming here and knowing that they're going to be able to game the system the minute they get here. And then you've got Governor Kathy Hochul and Newsom in California and others who are saying, not only if you can get here, we're going to give you free health care. We're going to put you in our schools. We're going to give you housing. We're going to give you, you know, food stamps. We're going to give you everything that our citizens are eligible to get. So now there's no distinction between a citizen and a non-citizen. And New York also, as you bring up, is sort of a huge welcome, Matt. Why are they so attracted to New York? They're, they're definitely getting a good deal here, it seems. Well, definitely. And look, you know, it's a very big state, multicultural state, a lot of opportunities, a lot of people here who are undocumented, right? 
They've been waiting and waiting for their, quote, court date. They're not going to court. So now families say, okay, wait a minute. I want the rest of my family who is in Ecuador or Mexico or wherever, I want to be reunified with them. So they come across illegally. And then the person who's already here illegally says, I want to be reunified with my kids or my cousins or whatever. And then the government puts them together. And so now it just exponentially gets bigger. I saw the other day, it's estimated that in a few short years, 20%, of the population in America will be here illegally. Yeah, I saw that. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has yeah. said that number, and it was like, whoa. That's um, mind-boggling. How much and, do you think that's going to really affect is. politics and in terms of the elections? Like, let's talk, obviously, in your case, there's the primary in June and then, of course, the general in November. How is that affecting the electorate? Don't you think at some point it's going to backfire on the Democrats, all of these policies? I really do think it is. I hope, certainly. If it doesn't, then I kind of, you know, I'm going to throw my arms up and say I give up because a lot of people are just really fed up. And all of this matters because it affects everything we do. It affects our tax bill. It affects our services. It affects, you know, our ability to get a job. If you're here, if you're a citizen, you're lower skilled or, you know, trying to get to middle class or middle class, you know, these jobs sometimes are being given away, you know, to lower wages, which brings everything down. Or if you're a union member, perhaps you may not get that union job because somebody's going to be working in your spot. All these things aren't even thought about, but they have a real effect on everybody. I just think, Rita, and I certainly hope so, that this is going to be the revenge of the normal people in 2022 who are just fed up with this one-party rule and this radicalism and you know, teaching five-year-olds. I can't believe we're having a debate in this country about whether or not a five-year-old should be taught about, you know, what sex they should be or what sex is or, you know, critical race theory and all this stuff. It's just with all the problems we have, these are the arguments we're having, which is absurd. And then businesses and corporations like Disney, you know, fighting for this nonsense. It's just, on one hand, it makes me sad as a parent and as a, an American that We've come so far away from our moorings, you know, our foundations, what made this country so great, the ethics, you know, workability and people, would there be benevolence um, from religious institutions? Now everything is just a reliance on the taxpayer and the government to do everything. And people who come here, not all, but, you know, there's too many who come here and the minute they get here, it's, you know, an expectation that they're going to be taken care of. I mean, that's a radical different mindset than, uh, you know, a couple generations ago. So I do hope and I expect that this is going to be the revenge of the normal people in November and we start making some corrections. Let me ask you before I let you go, Rob Astorino, another huge issue that happened, of course, recently was the New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin indicted for alleged bribery and other offenses, sort of part of a scheme to get campaign contributions in exchange for a grant, among other things. What does that say to you about the state of politics? And what's so wild for people who are listening to this podcast, he is still on the ballot because he's the number two to (laughs) Kathy Hochul, who you're running against. You know, what do you make of that? It's sickening. And I know a lot of times New Yorkers kind of roll their eyes like, oh, here we go again. Another another perp walk by one of our politicians. But it's not just embarrassing. It's also consequential in that we don't have faith in our leadership. Leaders 
aren't leading anymore. The taxpayers, again, pay a corruption tax when all this happens because the deals that they cut for themselves to get them, you know, their own personal gain or reelected, that's got to come from somewhere, you know, and it comes from us. It comes from hardworking New Yorkers or Americans. And every time these corrupt deals take place, we're less safe, we're less secure, we're less wealthy because it's just it's concentrated with a few. And it's embarrassing. And but again, it gets to the core of who we are. And yeah, it's crazy because she, Lieutenant, you know, the former lieutenant governor who became governor because of a, well, I think, always corrupt and a bully in, in Andrew Cuomo, but obviously the sexual harassment issues that forced him from office. So she's the unelected governor way over her head. And we've seen that her first pick, her first pick was this guy, Brian Benjamin, for lieutenant governor, who was under investigation at the time. Everyone knew it. It was the biggest, you know, non-secret in New York. I was told the minute he was appointed that he was under investigation that he was going to be indicted at some point. That but was an she, But she claimed she didn't know it. But that she claims she doesn't know anything. Every time something happens, she claims, you know, ignorance. Well, we don't want an ignorant governor leading this state. So, uh, but he is on the ballot because of New York law, unless he, unless he dies, and, you know, he better watch out, <laughs> unless he dies or moves or they nominate him for another office, he is on the ballot as lieutenant governor running in a primary and as her running mate. So it's fun to watch in some respects. Yeah, it is wild to see what is happening between crime in politics, <laughs> crime at the border, sadly crime you know, in our subways and in so many of America's streets. But it is it's just stunning to see. And again, as you ta- point out, Andrew Cuomo, what happened there that brought Hochul in. And now she's got this boy, uh, talk about an elephant in the room, to have him there still on the ballot as we speak. Well, we wish you so much luck. And Rob Astorino, New York GOP gubernatorial candidate, thanks for all you do, by the way, to keep New York and also the country safe. And it's so great to have you here on this podcast. Well, Rita, thank you for your voice. It's so needed. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on with you and You keep fighting. I'll keep fighting. And we're going to win. We'll win. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby. And thanks for all you do to protect America.